What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuning in the newest edition of the Fistful of Cash podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dale Lippin, in here with the employee of the month of the last remaining blockbuster video. Soup, what's going on, man? Yes, employee in the month, indeed. Um, was a little under the weather yesterday. Woke up this morning at 545. Um, I work at 630. Rolled over and said I wasn't feeling it, so I called my boss, told him something had come up, and I went back to sleep for two hours and showed up two hours late to work. So uh, sometimes wow. you just got to do those kind of things, you know? It's the whitest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, we have got an absolutely stacked card. This card hits way harder than Conor McGregor. And I'm I'm excited, man. Let's just get right into this. Um, you know, kicking off the main card, Derek Brunson taking on Ian Heinish. Brunson sitting at 19 and 7. Uh, Heinish coming in at 13 and one. I love this fight. I absolutely do. And, you know, I think that this is a great fight to showcase Heinish. I mean, obviously he's a wonderful, uh, you know, underdog story, if you will, the crowds behind him, the UFC's getting behind him too. And he's sitting at minus 155 against a Derek Brunson that looked, I don't even, I don't want to say reinvented against Elias Theodoro because Theodore didn't do much, but uh, minus one fifty five taking on Derek Brunson plus one twenty five. What do you think? No, I'm. I think we covered this when it first dropped. I know it was on our story. Yes, sir. To get on Ian Heinish when it when this uh, when this fight first came out, and I'm still sticking with that. I still think he wins this fight. Um, pretty similar, um, similar guys here as far as like wrestle boxers, I guess you can call them. Um, but Heinish younger Brunson has the experience. Um, I see a lot of stuff. People, I was watching some interviews today. People saying this is too much too soon for Heinish. I don't think so. I think no. he's going to step in and I think he's going to do just fine. And I think with his, he's got, he's got enough pop in his punch to gain respect and he definitely can handle himself on the ground. Um, so yeah, I, I think Heinish wins this, and I think this will, if not put him into the top 10, right outside of it, like the 11-12 range. Yeah. I, I, don't, I definitely don't think it's too much too soon for him. I mean, wins over Antonio Carlos Jr. and Cesar Ferreira. I think both of those guys would give Derek Brunson at this trouble at this point in his career. I, you know, I have been high on Derek Brunson in the past. Um, the issues that he has had, he has yet to correct. And just because he took a measured approach against – uh, Elias Theodoro does not mean that he has righted those wrongs, right? Does not mean that his cardio is better. Does not mean that he's more mature. Doesn't mean any of those things. All, all it means is that he's coming off of a win against a guy that fought so terribly and so boring that he got cut immediately after, despite winning eight of his last nine. That's all that means. So as far as I'm concerned, this is the same Derek Brunson that got knocked out by Jacare and the same Derek Brunson that got knocked out by Israel Adesanya. Not that there's anything wrong with losing to those two guys because they're at the top of the mountain in the middleweight division. However, I just don't see Brunson making the requisite adjustments in this fight because Heinish can put a pace on a person and Brunson will struggle with that. And at minus 155 now, when we hopped on, it was minus 125. Still great value. Still suggesting a play on Heinish. Still love the fight. Um, and it's a, I think it's a great kickoff 
to to a stack pay-per-view. Moving on, Gabriel Benitez, Mowgli himself taking on Sadiq Youssef. 21 and 6 for Gabriel Benitez, a wealth of experience taking on the relatively young and inexperienced Sadiq Youssef. However, uh, Sadiq Youssef sitting at 8 and 1, and he's a heavy, heavy favorite here, Soup. Youssef is sitting at minus 270 to Gabriel Benitez plus 210. Um, I'm thinking this is going to be a showcase fight for Youssef. I think they're 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 throwing him a bone here, putting him on the pay-per-view and hoping for a spectacular highlight reel finish. Uh, so that way they can put the hype train behind him. He's young. He's hungry. Gabriel Benitez is game. He will be there for the hitting and Youssef will turn the lights out. That's my opinion. Yeah, I don't know if I like the minus 220 because I don't know enough about Yusef. Um, but, I mean, do you want to do you want to wait for rounds to come out on this one? or? Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to wait for rounds or method of victory to come out for this one. Um, you know, I, I definitely think it's his fight for the taking. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Benitez comes out and tries to take some sort of wrestle-heavy attack, maybe be looking for the over-under, uh, over if it's at a round and a half, and under if it's two and a half. Okay. So just just something to look at, uh, but Yusef's going to be going out there looking for a finish for sure. So I think that that could be a good play uh, if it comes down to it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't necessarily think that this is a a card that's worthy of paying money to see. Um, I think that the Asuncao-Corey Sandhagen fight is a better fit here. Oh, oh no no okay you said you said this card you mean this fight okay when you said I don't think sorry. this card is worth paying money to see no, no I'm, like, sorry. Well, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry no 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 I'm sorry that's my I, uh, that was my mistake no yeah I don't think that this I don't think that this fight uh, is worthy of being on the pay per view version or portion of this card um, gotcha you know the, the, I will say this though uh, wins over Shaman Marais and Sumon Mokhtarian for. Sadiq Youssef, uh, not the most high-quality wins. Uh, Benitez has definitely seen the more game opponent and the, I guess you'd say, the the, the deeper wealth of experience. And like I said, 21-6, and six, you cannot sleep on a guy that's got nearly 30 pro MMA bouts. There is a lot to be said from that experience. Um, wins over Humberto Bandone, Jason Knight, uh, Sam Cecilia, and Clay Collard, who was supposed to be on this fight and uh, dropped out last, like literally last minute. Uh, but I still think Yusef gets the push here, and I think that he gets the win. It's just a matter of how and when. We'll wait till that comes out. So, all right, man. The USADA wet dream itself. I know you're excited oh. about this fight. I know you're excited. Paul Acosta taking on Yoel Romero. Paul Acosta sitting at 12 and 0. Yoel Romero 13 and 3. Boy, I'll tell you what, I really don't know what to make of this fight, man. And uh, I think the odds makers are in agreement with us here. You know, Yo Romero sitting at minus 150. Paul Acosta sitting at plus 120. Yo Romero, when he steps into the octagon, will be 42 years old, man. 42 years old. Uh, I mean, what do you think here? I mean, we got the Soldier of God taking on the Eraser. I, I personally... I'm so I'm probably more excited for this fight than any of the other fights. I know there's a lot of hype around the Diaz and the, and the Stipe rematch and all that stuff, but man, this fight just got this, this put me putting a little little tingle in my under my undercarriage. Man, I am I'm really excited about this fight. I almost don't want to touch it. 
Yeah, I agree. I don't want to touch it. Uh, this is one of those fights where I literally just want to sit back and enjoy. Um, normally, so you, you get those moments where it's like, okay, you throw these two massive, freakishly athletic human beings in here against each other. And sometimes you'll get those fights where it's a snooze fest because they both respect each other's power so much. That is not going to be the case here. Yoel Romero is not going to stand back and let this turn into a snoo fest. And I don't think Paulo Costa can either. Um, it, it, I'm so glad this fight's finally happening. Like, what's is this the third time it was booked or fourth time it was booked? Third, I think. I think it's the third time it was third, booked, something like third. that. Second or third. I'm I, Dana White's got to be stoked that it's finally happening. I'm stoked that it's finally happening. This is going to be... Uh, this is going to be fantastic. I think if I had to give somebody the edge, I'd give Yoel Romero the edge because of his wrestling. And I think that take Paulo Costa down, you know, wear him out. We might see some of that power go away. Um, I mean. Things that we've seen in the yeah. past, a couple of different like little storylines and caveats of this to pay attention to. Things that we've seen Romero struggle with in the past are very um, physically strong guys, he's had he's had an issue with them. Um, not to say that he is not physically strong, but he has struggled in the past with sort of carrying the weight of big guys and having you know larger guys really uh, push and weigh on him. If you go back to although he won the fight, the split decision against Jacare, which I thought could have very much been a Jacare fight uh, or win rather, Jacare was you know really making. Uh, Romero work. And then the Tim Kennedy fight, you know, the stool gate, water gate, whatever you want to call it was one of those things where, you know, Tim Kennedy had him essentially dead in the water uh, going into that third round. And it was because he was just physically imposing himself. Wasn't, wasn't allowing Romero to generate that space, which, you know, allows him to act in that spring like fashion where he just, he can counter. Um, if, if, Costa can come out there and impose the physicality that he has upon Romero. I think that could go a long way for him. I just don't know that that's that sort of grit and grime is in his wheelhouse. Um, the flip side of that is, is that Costa is very hittable. We saw that with the Uriah Hall fight. Uh, Costa's face was not busted up, but looked real swollen. Looked like he got stung by a bunch of bees on his lip. Remember, because that Uriah Hall jab was almost surgical. Mm -hmm. And then it was like Uriah Hall just couldn't take the, the, the weight of the punches anymore. Um, Romero has a good jab when he needs it, and his leg kicks are lethal. Remember, he is responsible for essentially Robert Whitaker only fighting twice in the last three, four years because every time they fight, uh, he would rip his legs apart. So... I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, um, to see Romero come out and have just basically a solely lower body focused attack, maybe for like the first round and a half, and then maybe try switching things up and coming upstairs a little bit here and there. But uh, I think leg kicks might be a real difference. I'd, I'd be shocked if we didn't see a ton of like, you know, air quote here, elliptical kicks, side kicks to the thighs. Um, and even, you know, teep kicks down the middle. I, I think the leg kicks of Romero are going to be sort of the, um, not the X factor, but it definitely going to be something to look out for. And, you know, if you're the UFC, I think you're hoping that Costa wins this fight. 
having a young, hungry dude, so Brazilian, he, you know, he, he only speaks Portuguese, you know, dude's good looking, looks like a freaking model, you know, a, a new contender coming out of Brazil as far as men are concerned, man, is he marketable as shit. And I think that they're probably hoping that he wins instead of a 42-year-old Cuban dude that refuses to uh, refuses to learn English and, you know, recently won, you know, just south of $30 million in a lawsuit. He really probably doesn't need to fight anymore if he doesn't want to. So, uh, you know, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard I, to get up and do I road said, work man, I just, <laughs> when you're sleeping on silk sheets. Paulo Costa hasn't, he hasn't fought anybody with any wrestling at all, let alone an Olympic yeah. wrestler. I just, I, I really think I, I don't want to like, you know, obviously Romero is going to come in with his game plan and I'm sure his, his team and his coaches in his corner are going to have a game plan, but I, how do you not come out and test him at least with wrestling? I mean, Johnny Hendricks, we all know. Yeah. Okay. Stand and bang Uriah Hall TKO by punches is how uh, Costa won that fight. Um, who else did he fought? Olawale Bambosa. Yeah, yeah. Bambosa ain't doing nothing yeah. but standing there and slinging. Exactly. So those are his fights in the UFC. I just, an Olympic style wrestler and a Romero. I'm almost talking myself into picking Romero. I'm not making a pick on this fight. I just want to watch the fight and yeah. enjoy Bambosa, it. Bambosa is a rapist, too. So people forget that. That's why he's not in the UFC yeah. anymore. Anyway, um, but the UFC doesn't want to talk. They don't want to talk about when guys do something that they shouldn't do outside the cage, i.e. Conor McGregor sucker punching an old man. Uh, but anyway, let's see. Speaking of Conor McGregor. Yeah. Diaz versus yeah, Pettis. Diaz, versus Pettis. Diaz, 19 and 11. Anthony Pettis, 22 and 8. Uh, Pettis is the slight betting favorite here, Soup, sitting at minus 130. Diaz is coming in even money. You know, this is sort of like the unofficial main event. Look, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's gonna be really unpopular with people here. Okay. Fuck me. Well, not that to an extent. But (laughs) I get I don't understand why people were acting like like prior to the Conor McGregor fights, people were acting like Nate Diaz was this giant force to be reckoned with. And I don't understand that he wasn't even top because he was getting he he was getting worked. So prior to the to the, you know, I I just I don't get it. You know, unanimous 50 45s and even a 50 43 when he fought Ben Benson Henderson uh, got knocked out by Josh Thompson. Right. And then he beat Gray Maynard. Okay, excellent. Uh, And then he got he got, you know, shit pumped by RDA. Unanimous over Michael Johnson, who struggles with pressure fighters, and then Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor, right? Now, I I don't I don't get that this idea that like I understand why the Diaz brothers are a draw. I understand why people like them, right? I get that. Um, but I don't understand this narrative that that Nate Diaz is like a world champion in the making, you know, or, or, or just lurking in the shadows. Like he's like this great white shark waiting to, you know, explode and devour people. He's not, he's not. And he's taken on Anthony Pettis, who again, I feel almost has that same narrative where it's one of those dudes where he, you know, 
people talk about him like he's two or three, you know, one, two, maybe three fights away from a title, no matter when he's fighting, who he's fighting, what's going on. You know what I mean? And this whole out like further out 10,000 foot view narrative of Conor McGregor just gets to sit back and wait and see how all these fights unfold. And then, you know, Dana and the UFC are going to give him a fight based on, on this. He doesn't deserve to be in the conversation with any of these guys. And then Diaz, I think, is the next closest one to who needs to be removed out of this circle of who's fighting who for a belt. I, I just I don't get it. I don't get it. I think Pettis Pettis should win this fight easily. He should go out, leg kick to oblivion, be faster, stay mobile. Hopefully he did his cardio. Um, and he should win this fight easily. I, I really think he should. I, I maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, dude. I feel like I feel like this is a, I feel like now and three years ago, I would have picked Pettis without hesitation. Yeah. I'm, okay. So, like, that's a good thing. Three years ago, Nate Diaz been out for three right. years. Like, Nate Diaz is now thirty four years old. You know. So, okay, the women's bantamweight champ. Last time Nate Diaz fought, mm, bantamweight. Last time Nate Diaz fought, uh, Ronda. I'm just kidding. Misha Tate. Okay. Yeah. The uh the lightweight champ last time Diaz fought. Oh gosh. Eddie oh, Alvarez. There you go. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And Mighty Mouse was still the champ last time Nate Diaz yeah, Mighty, fought. Mighty Mouse was a champ like a year and right. I'm well, I'm I just saying it's it's like three years is such a long layoff, man. It's unbelievable. And I'm honest, I'm surprised because I remember when this fight was first announced, we covered it on the podcast, and I said, I already got my bet in for Anthony Pettis at minus 115. Yeah. I'm waiting over the next two days for the public to bet Anthony Pettis back down because I feel like there's going to be a bunch of public money coming in on Absolutely. Nate Diaz here. And I, and, I, and I hope that's the case. I really do because I might double down on Anthony Pettis. I might bet again on Anthony Pettis. Um, I've seen a lot of guys say, like, like Nate Diaz's size is going to be a problem here. We forgetting that Anthony Pettis just fought Michael Chiesa and Wonder Boy, and he slept Wonder like, Boy. I don't slap yeah, him. Yes, slept him. And I see uh, comparisons of Nate Diaz to Tony Ferguson. Nonsense, poopy pants. Nonsense. Exactly. I get. I get. They're both. You know, what's Nate Diaz like? Eighty percent finish rate in his wins, but he also has eleven losses. So it's. I, I get it. You're trying to. You're trying to compare apples and oranges, I guess. I just, I don't, I think Anthony Pettis is cardio. I I love Anthony Pettis in this fight. I really do. It's like he reinvented himself. He went back to the basics of how he was when he was a champion. I just, I, I really like Anthony Pettis. And that's not, that's not my bias against Nate Diaz. That's not because I can't stand the Diaz brothers. It's from a, I mean, when it comes to betting, you throw your personal feelings for a fighter out the window and because I like money more than my feelings against Nate Diaz, and I'm still betting Anthony Pettis in this fight. Yeah, I I think, I think, we, I think we've spoke about this at, at an extensive enough length. Um, main event, man. It's a rematch. Heavyweight championship of the world on the line. Daniel D.C. Cormier, 22-1. and one. Stipe Miocic, 18-3. and three. Both of these are some big boys. And uh, you know what they probably ate 
Now, you know what they should have eaten, rather, to get ready for this fight? You know what they should have eaten? Some stay classy meat, man. So stay classy yeah. meat, the heavyweight of all fantastic, fresh, ranch-to-table meat. Uh, use promo code FIST, guys. Listen, we've gotten plenty of feedback from the community uh, as a whole and from Stay Classy themselves. They continue to reach out to us and tell us they can't believe the amount of people that are using and taking advantage of our promo code. Continue to do that. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. Just great, wonderful meat. Use promo code FIST. Get 10% off every single order. All right, Soup. You already know how I feel about DC, um, which is why what I'm about to say seems so counterproductive to that. I love Stipe in this fight, man. Plus 115, mm-hmm. DC minus 145. I I sincerely think that DC might be the greatest mixed martial artist of all time, but I think Stipe is going to win this fight. I think Stipe. So I know we talked we talked about this before we got on, and <laughs> I have completely switched my mind. Okay. All right, dude. I don't know how I can pick against DC in this fight. D outside of John Jones in his fight against Alexander Gustafson, DC has not struggled with anybody. There, none. I mean, Derek Lewis. That obviously we fully expected DC to win that fight the first time against Stipe. Uh, Ozdemir, Rumble, Anderson Silva. Have we ever seen him struggle outside John Jones? You know, it's 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 weird as far as what we want to, we want to view as struggle, like it, in danger of losing. You know, I I I I don't think. Um, you know, I I mean, he's looked he's he's been dominant. Listen, he's been dominant for time and memoriam, right? I mean, he really has. He's been absolutely just almost untouchable. Um, the thing, the, the problems that were exposed in the Gustafson and John Jones fights, right, um, are the, the idea that he does not like to be hit, which, of course, I mean, you're, you're heavyweight. Nobody likes being hit in the face. I, I get that, right? Um, he doesn't like being hit. Um I, I think that a couple of things that DC struggles with, right, are length and head movement. I don't think that DC has great head movement the way we see like Cain Velasquez having good head movement. Um, and I just wonder how Stipe looks in a rematch at this level, right? You know, it's one of those things like he tends to get better when he's when he's got a rematch you know i I think if you look at the the junior dos santos fight right jds Mm -hmm. beat him unanimous decision okay then you up the stakes you put a belt on the line you give him the rematch against jds and what's he do he snuffs him out in under two and a half minutes i just you know i'm i really think and let's not kid ourselves here that Stipe has defended the heavyweight belt more than anybody else in UFC history. He's used to the to the to what the magnitude of the night will be. Um, you know, I normally would never bet against Daniel Cormier. In fact, I bet on Daniel Cormier for b- both of the John Jones fights um, because I, I I sincerely believe that DC is you know the best in the world uh, or, or the best to ever do it. But the problem is, is that time catches up with everyone. 
right? It catches up with everyone. And I just wonder with the age, the thoughts of retirement, a lot of focus on what comes next after this fight. I'm not saying he's sleeping on Stipe here, but Stipe is not thinking about what comes next after this fight. He's thinking about this fight, right? Cormier talks about retirement. Cormier talks about how old he is. Cormier is talking about a trilogy match with John Jones. He's talking about, you know, is there anybody left for him after this fight? Stipe's not worried about that. He's worried about Saturday night. What is Saturday night? And, you know, there's a lot of legacy on the line here for both guys. Stipe wins. He's the greatest UFC heavyweight champion of all time. Cormier wins. He solidifies himself. Not that he needs to, but continues to solidify himself as the greatest fighter of all time. I, I really believe that. Okay, I, I'm I'm play devil's advocate here. So, yes. wrestling, the advantage goes to DC. It sh- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it should. 100%. Okay, so fighting in the clinch, advantage goes to you know, it. You DC. know what's crazy is that you know, Miocic and Steep or Stepe rather does a great job in the clinch. It's just that that punch that he got caught with, man. I mean, and it it was a great you know. And Cormier said they practiced that because they noticed that he exited high, uh, went coming out of those clinch exchanges, and they did the work. And he that was a hundred percent um the way to go and you know they knew that that was going to be there for him um h it was it was wild man it really was wild i don't necessarily know that that makes dc the better clinch fighter but he that his game plan his technique his execution was better on that night for sure yeah 100 percent. okay power steep a's i believe so yeah there yeah. Oh, no, I, I 100% agreed. I think Stipe has the raw heavyweight power. Overall technical boxing, I give DC really? the advantage. I think DC's boxing's horrible. Yes. No, I, I, do, no wow. I don't. I really I think don't. Bad. I, think, I think that weird I, little, like, push-shove-jab thing he does where, like, you know, it, it's almost like when you see – when you go to the gym for the first time and you see guys sparring and they don't like getting hit and they're not really sure what to do with their hands, you know, um, about like, I'm not like how to keep a, keep your hand up to your face kind of deal. You know, uh, I, I, he just, he sort of, I don't want to say panics when people are swinging on it, but it's just not fundamental defense. Uh, and his body type doesn't really allow for, you know, from a technical standpoint for him to throw punches that really, you know, uh, his straights don't come right down the line. His, you know, he doesn't really get a lot of, you know, breaking the hips on his hooks and stuff like that. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I give the boxing advantage to Stipe. Personal opinion. Well, here, here, yeah. Here's my thing. Everything that we're saying about DC not liking to get hit. The only time we've seen that is against John Jones and Gustafson, who are both very creative and you know, they're multi-asseted as far as their strikes they can throw between head kicks, between elbows. They have so many different weapons in their arsenal. I don't think Stipe has that, really. He really... I'm not... (laughs) Listen, I am the first one to argue against Daniel Cormier being the greatest light heavyweight of all time. You know I will fight tooth and nail that John Jones is a better light heavyweight than him. I'll I'll concede that point. He's a better light heavyweight, but I think that DC is the better. He's the best fighter. I think he's the best fighter of all time. 
So if John Jones goes up the heavyweight and wins the heavyweight belt, does he depends take on who he beats back? to get there? It depends on who he who he beats to get there. Listen, if it, so, hold, okay. here's my question. Here's my question. So if DC yep. loses this fight, is he still the best fighter yeah. of all time? Yeah, because he why he has wins over or he has a win over the guy who's the greatest UFC uh, heavyweight champion of all time. Right, but he also lost to him. So but, he's, it, but he still has the he has the win over him. So he's you're talking about a guy that was strike force heavyweight champ, right? UFC heavyweight champ and UFC light heavyweight champ. Nobody else can come close to that. Go ahead, do your research. <laughs> no, I'm just. Listen, I, I, I okay, just, well, I do we want to do the first ever split pick where, where I go one way, you go the other? No, because we did that once before. Remember, it was uh, Tony Ferguson and ah, Cowboy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I was on my way to win ah. until, that, until he blew his nose. You were on your way. <laughs> what? Oh, my goodness. I was on goodness. my way to sure victory there. Mm, yeah, should we do a, sure. Should we do an Instagram poll? Yeah, for sure. Throw it up because I bet it's probably like 90-10 okay. DC. Well, listen. Okay. So... I'm, let's see what over under on rounds comes at i think we can agree this okay. fight's not going the distance can we agree on that okay oh, yeah so for let's sure see what the rounds come yeah in. that's stipe is going to be if he doesn't win in the first three rounds he's going to be gasping okay. for so air. let's do this let's let's look let's wait and see what the rounds come in at and then we'll make the we'll make the adjustment all right okay Mm-hmm. You got anything else in the sports world now that we covered UFC? I want to throw this out there real quick but because we're not covering the – or we, we covered it, but we didn't say anything. Um, or we're not making a play on the Costa and uh, Romero fight. I love um, Manny Bermudez at minus 145 over Casey Kenny, as well as both of us are really high on this dude. Corey Sandhagen over Rafael Sunsal, minus 210. Love that. Uh, love that fight as well. Sandhagen is the truth. And a real, real, real contender to watch um, as far as bantam weights go. So uh, that's that's what I got as far as wanting to put a bow on this UFC 241 extravaganza. Do I have anything else in the sports world that I want to talk about? Is there something happening that I should want to talk about? Okay, oh, I go do. Ahead. The XFL they signed their oh, first gosh. player. Is it he hate me? It is. Garbage ass Landry Jones, Landry Jones, former former backup for the Pittsburgh Squealers, who lost the spot on the roster to Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph. Um, dude, listen, Vince McMahon's what in his mid seventies now. He's got like throwaway money, like he just has disposable income. He can make this league something. Yeah. He really can. He just needs to spend the money. He can go out, and I don't necessarily – obviously, he wants to compete with the NFL. I don't necessarily – you know, NCAA is not right. his target. But I'll be damned if he couldn't go to the NCAA and find, you know, a freshman going into his sophomore year that's a top 10 player in the nation and throw a metric shit ton of money at him – and get a big name in the XFL. All he's got to do is spend money, and he can make this a successful league. It's whether or not he wants to spend the money or not. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, Landry Jones, 
they've been trying. There's been rumors about, you know, like Trevor Lawrence, um, Vince McMahon throwing millions and millions of dollars at Trevor, Trevor Lawrence if he were to do that, if Lawrence would go to the XFL, play one year, and then go to the NFL just to put the XFL on the map. Um, there's been a couple other names rumored, but yeah, first big signing, baby, Landry Jones. Wow. Okay. You could go play in the XFL. I could. I could. You probably, I mean, shit. What? I probably, <laughs> probably could. could. I look the part. It's just a matter of being able to play. I don't, I don't think, I don't think my knees would hold yeah. up though. I don't think that the yeah. knees would hold up. Um, Speaking of knees, Boogie Cousins, Cousins, man, ACL, mm. I hate to see it, especially as a Lakers fan, man. I hate to see it, dude. My heart goes out to anybody that tears yeah. an ACL, man, because I know all too well the, the 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 torment of ACL injuries, and it just sucks, man. I hate to see that for anybody, whether you like them or not. Uh, absolutely hate to see that happen because that's that's just a just a brutal thing, man. And it's you know, I can't. I can't imagine it's any easier when you're that big and you have it happens to that frame at that force. You know what I mean? Like a that's that six foot ten body type with all that weight and having that thing go out. Goodness gracious, you know. It's crazy. He did that. Just injury after injury, man. So talented. Um, a very different personality. Yeah. Um, but. Just can't stay healthy. I mean, there's just guys like that. Once they hit a certain age, everything just shuts down. And it doesn't help. Like, so when you tear your Achilles, you're obviously going to baby that Achilles. So then your other muscles and your other ligaments and stuff are making up for that weight, which is the same thing with hap- that happened with Kevin Durant. Hurt his calf. What What are you going to use? Like, you know, what's your body naturally going to use to support the rest of your body weight? when your calf muscle was not strong enough, your Achilles. So boom, his Achilles snap. Yep. It's just, it's really unfortunate. Cause I was looking, dude, that Lakers lineup is so big. Oh yeah. It's huge. I was really looking forward to the whole Kuzma, Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins, LeBron. Like that's just a massive lineup. Um, I still think they're going to be, you know, playoffs, but it just sucks to see Boogie go down again. Well, yeah, I, I just, like I said, I, my heart goes out to guys that suffer ACL injuries, man. I don't know what else. I, I, I don't, I, not that my thoughts and condolences to his knee do anything, but still, man, uh, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks all the same. I think that's it as far as sports go, man. I really don't have much. Uh, it's been a busy week for me. Uh, it's been like a, it's been a busy, like last two months, man. I'm, I haven't been able to nearly get uh, as ready as I want to. I got my first of three fantasy football drafts taking place on Sunday. I, got just a ton of stuff going on uh but i am going to slow down relax and uh enjoy ufc 241 this saturday on pay-per-view man that's about all i got uh if you don't have anything else i'm gonna tell everybody what i normally do talk to us on social media usually the night of the fights we are on instagram uh responding to each and everything looking to uh you know make some money this weekend like we always do and uh it's really about it man I don't really have much else. So if I don't talk to you guys on social media this week, I'll talk to everybody next week. We'll get a recap in. And uh, what what's the next card? Do you know offhand? Mm. Look real quick. Because I feel like we have a – I don't know if we have a break next week or not. Do we not? Uh, yeah. 
that's until September September seventh. The no, you got August uh, August thirty first. Uh, Andraj and Zhang in uh, the China card. I know you're excited gotcha. for that. I know you love foreign cards. Oh, I yeah, will say this though: fights. I am excited about that. Jessica Andraj, Wei Li Zhang fight's going to be awesome, and Li Jinglang and Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos, the dude that nobody wants to fight. Zaleski Dos Santos is a killer an absolute murderous madman uh and li jilang is going to be there trying to pull off the ultimate upset i want to see if there's lines out on that real quick just to see how big of a dog he is just because you never know what's going on let me see what i can do real quick before we sign off i do know that next week we'll be able we to will be able to you're games. absolutely right you got uh florida at miami florida coming in at minus seven and Arizona at Hawaii. Hawaii coming in at plus 11. Um, spoiler alert. I might be picking Hawaii money line in that game. But eh, there's still, you know, a week to go. But they're plus 350. Um, over under set at 70 and a half. So uh, you know how those, you know, how those Hawaii football teams get down. You put up 35 and let up 45. So, real quick, just yeah. trying to find a, a line for that Zaleski Dos Santos fight. Don't see anything yet, but I do see a line for Andrage and Zhang. Andrage sitting at minus 155. That That is what she just did to Rose Nama Yunus. I don't know how you don't contemplate leveraging the house against that. But all right, let's get. Because, because she was getting her ass beat <laughs> until she did that. I mean, she did. She yes, it, it. But it does because she knocked her out on her head by, by slamming her on her head. It, like, um, you didn't. I'm, I'm really upset with you. You mentioned fights off this card, but you forgot to mention our boy Derek I'm D. Not, Rock Krantz. Not, not, um, he I'm got not, his second not, UFC we're fight, not maybe. About this. No, <laughs> he got his second fight. Yet. He got his ass beat by Vincente Luque and got another fight. So good for him. And it's a real shame that Song Yadong is not on this China Agreed. card. Because, um, I mean, obviously he fought recently. But if you think you're trying to tell me that Song Yadong could not turn around and fight again, yeah, you're lying to my face. I really wish he was on this card because that would be a fight that I would definitely be tuning Dude's into. Killer. Dude is a killer. But, yeah. All right. Yeah. That's it, guys. I'm out of here. I'll talk to everybody uh, next week if I don't talk to you on social media this weekend. See you. As always, guys, clear eyes, full fist, can't lose.